about this evening and what God is going to do in our midst as we make ourselves available to him. So before we start tonight, before we get into the word just for a few moments, go ahead and stand and we're going to just go before the Lord. This is this season, uh, you know, it's called Holy Week, it's called Lent, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is the time where we really take uh, the, the opportunity to put ourselves in remembrance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And I spend a little more time doing that now than I do on a daily basis, right? We do it as Christians, we do that every day. But I purposefully think about things that I typically maybe don't think about when I think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so we're grateful to him and we're for his amazing grace. Go ahead, team.
amazing grace. Glory to God. So um, this evening we're going to get in uh, to a time of reflecting and putting ourselves in remembrance. Jesus told us how to remember him. The last meal that he had with his disciples, he instructed them on how to remember him. And so we're going to do that here in a few minutes. Before we do, I want to read Romans chapter 3 and verse 21 to 26. Now, this year, um, as I read the scriptures for, uh, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, uh, Good Friday is coming up in just two days, and that's our purpose here tonight. Uh, we're not gathering on Friday, but we're gathering here. And so we're looking towards that day. And so uh, I've been reading it out of the message translation. And uh, someone said something about the message, which I really like the message translation. Now, it's not always accurate. I'll just tell you that you have to have discernment there. And you got to search out the, you know, the, the other translations because it can kind of mess you up if you don't know your doctrine. And so, but um, the, what the message translation does, it talks about relationship. It brings out every verse is kind of shows your relationship with God. And that's what I like about it. I've been doing my daily Bible reading in the message this time. Last time I did it in New Living, you know, the time before that it was the Passion. This year I've just been doing it in the message translation because it will bring out things that it talks in your everyday language, first of all. <laughs> and I need it to be easy to understand. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll read King James and go, what? <laughs> what what <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is helping me yes he's my helper but he says go on over and go read it in this and so I'll read it in that and that clarifies it so I'm going to be reading out of the message for Romans chapter 3 and it's hard in the message because it groups all the verses together you can't just do one verse it gives you 21 to 26 it says um, and it's just so to set this up remember Romans was written by Paul and he was writing to the saints at Rome and he was writing to clear up some dissension there was some confusion in the church the Jews thought salvation only was for the Jews and remember we talked on Sunday how the Greeks came to Jesus and wanted to talk to him and how that door was open that people door was open well more people group doors were open and now they were getting confused and they were getting kind of upset actually I thought we were God's people and so Paul was writing Romans to clear out he was hard he was rough in Romans 
And so he was writing it to clear up that salvation belongs to anyone who will receive it. Anyone. Greek, Jew, whatever, Gentile. And so that's what he was. So take, keep this in mind when he says them and us. That's what he's talking about, all right? So verse 21, Romans 3, it says, But in our time something new has been added. When Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years has happened. The God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. Not only for us, but for everyone who believes in him. For there is no difference between us and them in this. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. God did it for us. <laughs> Out of sheer generosity... He put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. Verse 25, God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear that world of sin. Having faith in him sets us in the clear. <laughs> God decided on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus. Finally, taking care of the sins he had so patiently endured. This is not only clear, but it's now. <laughs> this is current history. I love that. God sets things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in his rightness. God sets things right, and he makes it possible for us to live in his rightness or his righteousness. To me, this beautifully summarizes, beautifully summarizes what the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has made possible for anyone who will receive it. Amen. It makes it possible. Now, 1 Peter 1, verse 18 to 21, we're letting the word talk to us tonight. Also in the message, it says, your life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It costs God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought, even though it has only lately, at the end of the ages, become public knowledge. God always knew he was going to do this for you. Glory to God. It's because of this sacrificed Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified, that you trust God and that you know you have a future in God. Amen. Praise the Lord. No one is exempt from this great plan that God set into motion unless they exempt themselves from it. 2 Peter 3.9, though, tells us that God desires that none should perish, but that all come to repentance. And that's why we're still here on this earth. That's his mercy for us. Giving people 
the opportunity to receive him, to make a decision concerning him, to believe and receive him. That's the mercy of God, that, he's, that Jesus has not come back yet. I know we want him to come. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We want him to come, but it's his mercy. It's his mercy that we're not gone yet. We're here on this earth with more opportunity to get more people into the kingdom of God. Amen? I want a whole lot. There's a song. There's a whole lot of people going home. <laughs> I want a lot of people to go home, and I want to bring some with me. Amen? I don't want to go up there and then be like, who'd you bring? <laughs> me, myself, and I? That's not enough. <laughs> you know, I don't want to tell them. I don't want them to say, go back down and get some more. <laughs> no, he won't say that. But I want to bring people with me. And you never know who you're touching. You never know. You may not even say two words to an individual, but they're watching you. And the way you live and the light that you project and the witness that you bring to that atmosphere, that environment can change their hearts at a time where they, you don't even know when you get to heaven who's going to stand in front of you and say, it's because of you. I'm here. Thank you. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Again, going to read it out of the message. Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Hallelujah. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessings is present and available for non-Jews too. I'm glad that verse is in there. That's you and me. We are all able to receive God's life, his spirit in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received. Glory to God. Jesus righted all the wrongs. He righted all the wrongs. You remember we read about the curse in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Not a chapter I like to read in terms of the curses. <laughs> we like to pronounce the blessing. But there were curses for those who did not obey what God has said. And so Jesus came and he suffered that curse on him. He took that curse. That's why it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's what that verse in Galatians said. We've been redeemed because he took that into himself for you and I. And that's what we're reflecting on right now. That's what we're, that curse, I, what he says there, that dead end, he's, he's used words like that dead end life, <laughs> that cursed life, that self-defeating life. Jesus took all of that on him. Hallelujah. And so he suffered that. And his death affects us not only spiritually, obviously. Something happened spiritually, translated from one kingdom into another. We may not understand how that works in heaven, though it will be fully known. We'll see how that works in the spirit when we get to heaven. But you can see the effects of that spiritual transformation on the outside, can't you? I can see it every day as we grow and increase in him. 
Our language changes. The way we act changes. I think the last thing to change is the way we think. For some reason. <laughs> Thinking is probably the hardest part of it. But do you know that Jesus had those thoughts when he was on the cross? All those negative self-belittling, you know, self self-limiting thoughts? He took that upon himself. Those things we tell ourselves that we're not enough. He took those thoughts. He had those thoughts because it says he was touched by our infirmities. He was touched by everything, all the fears that we have. Fear of failure, fear of commitment, fear of abandonment, loneliness, all those feelings that we have. Those are true emotional feelings. Anxiety, suicidal tendencies. He had all that on him at the same time, along with pain and suffering, sickness, disease. He took it all on him. Can you imagine what that felt like? No, we cannot. Because we have, you know, something go wrong in our lives and we get, you know, the panic attack or whatever, and it feels like it is the end of the world. It does, right? It feels like this is it. But Jesus endured for you and I. He endured all of that for you and I. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he righted that wrong. So spiritually, we were freed from that, from sin, and it bridged the gap between the Father and us. And then also, it affects us physically. His wounds became our healing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So now we're going to look at 1 Peter 2, 21, again, in the message. This is the kind of life you've been invited into. The kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so you would know that it could be done. And also know how to do it step by step. He never did one thing wrong. He not once said anything amiss. They called him every name in the book. And he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. <laughs> he used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. There is a right way and a wrong way to live. People will tell you today that, no, it's based on what you feel. No, there's a right way <laughs> and there's a wrong way to live. And blessing follows the right way and curse follows the wrong way. There's, there's a dividing line and it's very clear. There's no gray areas. Amen. It's, it's not, oh, it's subjective. It's how you, no, uh-uh. That's not scriptural. His wounds became your healing. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going. Now you're named, hallelujah, and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. We are free to live the right way. You know, Jesus endured he got called every name in the book, every name in the book. And, and he took that on him. 
And so when we go through that and we get called, yesterday we got called, what was that, Mr. Eric? We're pathetic. And so we got called that, that we're pathetic because we've got the Easter Bunny come to church. And so we've turned the things of God into a patheticness. So, you know, we're pathetic. And so, um, and that was direct to us. It wasn't just said, it was to us. And so I thought about that. This is my thoughts during this death, burial, and resurrection of all the things that Jesus endured. Sometimes we say, you took our sickness and you took our pain and you took your blood, forgave me. But he took that, name calling. He took that, criticism. He took all of that because they criticized him. Who do you think you are? You're saying you're the son of God? They criticized him. They slapped him. They did all of that to him. And he endured for me. So you know what? I can endure for him. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> right? Who cares? They're going to say what they're going to say. If they did it to him, who are we? His family thought he was a yeah, his, yeah, his family thought he was crazy. So, come on now. All right. So, we are free to live the right way. We had no idea who we were. And this is the place that many people find themselves who have not received this precious gift of salvation. It's an identity problem. <laughs> they don't know who they are. Searching for who they are. But, and, and, and we struggle with that, but after we see, receive and fully embrace salvation, salvation is wholeness, completeness, soundness of mind, peace, inner peace, nothing, a state of nothing being missing and nothing broken, knowing who our identity is, and our identity is in him. He'll show you. He needs to show you that. And the only way for him to show you is to walk with him. To walk with him. And so uh, he's designed. As we walk with him, we'll find our feet on the path that only he can put us on. Because he's designed it. He knows what that path looks like. He knows how to get us started on that path. And it's he who orders our steps if we let him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So tonight I'm grateful I received him. Are you grateful? <laughs> I'm grateful. <laughs> Sometimes I sit and I just give myself this much time, just this much, to think about where I was, you know, <laughs> in my state of, you know, rebelliousness. This much. I don't spend a lot of time back there because I'm not that girl I used to be, right? Uh, who was it? Helen Baylor had a song, Look a Little Closer. Can't you see that I have changed? I'm not the girl I used to be. My life's been rearranged. <laughs> that's me. That's my testimony. When that song came out, I sat in my car and just bawled my eyes out. I said, she's singing my song. God gave it to her. You know, we've changed. Look at yourself. You've changed because of him. We were created in his image, and he sees you even more changed than you see yourself. He sees you the way he created you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. And so I'm grateful that we received him. And, you know, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us the way to receive him. It's very simple. I think we, the church, uh, has complicated things. <laughs> 
you know, it's really, you know, believe in your heart <laughs> that he's Lord and say it, say what you believe publicly, say what you believe, say what you believe. Jesus is Lord. He was raised from the dead and believe it in your heart. And guess what? He comes, he comes in if you'll invite him to come in. And it's as simple as that. Yes, there's a work that has to be done after that, but don't do it with it. You try, because we do all this struggling and we try it our way and this and that. And then when we come to him, we continue doing that same thing, <laughs> the struggle. And he's like, mm -mm, give it to me. <laughs> give me your life. <laughs> give me your life. I have abundant life to offer you. It's an exchange. And man, is it the great exchange. Because I don't know about you, but I had a whole big wad of mess to hand over to. Here you go. <laughs> You started something awesome, but the last few years I made a mess of it. Here you go, fix it. <laughs> but then you have to make yourself available to the fixing. We don't kick against it. We allow him to do the work. Amen. Glory to God. So that simple act of believing in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that the resurrection really happened, that's basically what you're saying. You're Lord and you were resurrected. And I was a part of that. And opening our mouths and saying that, it brings about the most significant change you and I will ever experience in our life. It's the most significant change we'll ever experience. Spiritually, before that act, he said it. We were a dead man walking. <laughs> without hope and without God. Doing things the hard way in our own strength and our own wisdom. But glory to God, salvation changes that. Amen? It gives us the opportunity to bring God into our life. And yes, we'll still experience hard days and tough days and tough things because this is a cold, hard world we live in. But in the middle of the mess and the struggle, we have the assurance that we're really not alone. Our family, our friends, people we know may abandon us, but he won't. He won't. He'll never leave us. He'll never leave us. We are never alone when we enter into covenant with him. We are never alone. And so I really uh, love how God brought it all together. He just, he just brought us all in. He wasn't like, I want to keep you at arm's length over there while I work this out. No, he brought us in. He brought us in. It says, we've been made nigh, brought close by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So I know here, I, I, I know everybody who's here. I know we've received the Lord. I know that we're in a good place. Those of you watching online, maybe if you haven't, reach out to us. We would love to pray and make it official. Make salvation official in your life. And so if you're joining us for the first time, I'd like you to just type in comments or, or reach out to us. I'd love to pray with you personally so you can receive the gift of salvation. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Now, uh, we're going to get ready to uh, take communion here in a few minutes. Um, but I want to read, because I want us to remember. Yeah, you can hand it out if you want to. Uh, what Jesus said during his final meal with his disciples before he went to the cross. But I want to read it from a, a book that I typically don't, Luke. <laughs> Usually we go to Corinthians or Matthew. I want to read it from Luke 22. And again, 
from the message. Verse 14. Now listen to this and listen to how uh, Luke saw this. When it was time, he sat down, all the apostles with him, and he said, You have no idea how much I have looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last one I'll eat with you until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. Thank you. Taking the cup, he blessed it, then said, Take this and pass it among you. As for me, I'll not drink wine again until the kingdom of God arrives. Taking bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Eat it in my memory. He did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant written in my blood, blood poured out for you. Before we pray over the wafer and the cup and, and before the team comes, I want to read a psalm to you. And I'm not reading this out of the message. I'll probably just read it out of the New Living. I think it's New Living or Passion. It's a psalm that um, Jesus quoted when he was on the cross. And it's a two-part psalm. It's uh, the cross and then the resurrection. And I want to read it to you, and I want you to just listen. You can close your eyes and listen and picture this, because like I said, Jesus endured all of this for you. Let it become real as to what he took upon his body and what his spirit, what he experienced on that cross. I'm going to read it to you. God, my God, why would you abandon me now? Why do you remain distant, refusing to answer my tearful cries in the day and my desperate cries for your help in the night? I can't stop sobbing. Where are you, my God? Yet I know that you are most holy. You are God enthroned, the praise of Israel. Our father's faith was in you. Through the generations, they trusted in you, and you came through. Every time they cried out to you in their despair, you were faithful to deliver them. You didn't dis disappoint them. But I am like a worm, crushed and bleeding, crimson, treated as less than human. I've been despised and scorned by everyone, mocked by their jeers, despised with their sneers, as all the people poke fun at me, spitting their insults, saying, Is this the one who trusted in God? Now let's see if Yahweh will come to his rescue. Let's see how much he delights in him. Lord, you delivered me safely from my mother's womb. You are the one who cared for me ever since I was a baby. Since the day I was born, I was placed in your custody. You've cradled me throughout my days, and you've always been my God. So don't leave me now, for trouble is all around me, and there's no one to help me. I'm surrounded by many violent foes like bulls. Forces of evil encircle me like strong bulls of Bashan. Like ravenous warring lions tearing their prey, they pour curses from their mouths. Now I am completely exhausted. Every joint of my body has been pulled apart. My courage has melted away. I'm so thirsty and parched, my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth, and now you lay me in the dust of death. 
They have pierced my hands and my feet. Like a pack of wild dogs, they tear at me, swirling around me with their hatred. A band of evil men surrounds me. I can count all my bones. Look at how they gloat over me and stare. With the toss of the dice, they divide my clothes among themselves, gambling for my garments. Yahweh, please don't stay far away. My strength, come quickly to my rescue. Give me back my life. Save me from this violent death. Save my precious one and only from the power of these dogs. Save me from all the power of the enemy, from this roaring lion raging against me and the power of his dark horde. God's answer, the resurrection. He answers Jesus now, and David is writing this, and this is now the part of the resurrection. I will declare your name before all my brothers and praise you in the midst of the congregation. Those who fear Yahweh, praise him. Let all the seed of Jacob glorify him with your praises. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised my cries of deep despair. He is my first responder to my sufferings and when I was in pain. He was there all the time and heard the cries of the afflicted. You're the reason for my praise. It comes from you and goes to you. I will keep my promise to praise you before all who fear you among the congregation of your people. Let all the poor and broken eat until satisfied. Bring Yahweh praise and you will find him. May your hearts overflow with life forever. From the four corners of the earth, the people of all the world will remember and return to Yahweh. Every nation will come and worship him. For Yahweh is king of all, who takes charge of all nations. The wealthy of this world will feast in fellowship with him, right alongside the humble of heart. Bowing down to the dust, forsaken their own souls, they will all come worship this worthy king. His spiritual seed shall serve him. Future generations will hear from us about the wonders of the victorious Lord. His generation yet to be born will glorify him and they will all declare it is finished. Glory to God. He was wounded for our transgressions. Teen, you can come. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. Glory to God. Such torture. Hallelujah. He endured for you and I. Such torment. He endured for you and I. The beating, the scourging, the kicking, the whipping, the name calling. He endured it for you and I. Hallelujah. We're so grateful to him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, can I have one of the mics? I'm going to have them pray. You can play. You can play that song. We'll sing that right after we do communion. 
I'm going to have dad, if you can pray for the, the body, and then mom can pray for the, and you can come up so that way. Let's see. Mom, why don't you come up too, and right after he gets done praying for the body, you pray for. Heavenly Father, we thank you. First of all, we thank you for your love that has been shared abroad in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for loving us before the foundation of the world. And to send your son, Jesus Christ, to come and pay the price for us, suffering in that body that never committed one sin. But you caused them to feel the pain and sickness and bondage for every person in this earth. Father, we thank you now for Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, and Master. Jesus, we thank you that as we partake of this element, we thank you for paying the price for us on that cross. And we receive it now with thanksgiving and with praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Father, we'll lift the blood of Jesus. We honor the precious blood. We make much of the blood of Jesus. We thank you that this blood, the blood covenant, the better covenant, better promises. We receive this today. We receive our healing. We receive our health. We receive forgiveness, Father God, and we plead this blood. We thank you that we're not guilty. The blood makes us not guilty. We give you glory and praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Bless the Lord. Let's do over the blood of Jesus.
Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your precious blood. We give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you for laying down your life, Jesus, and to bring about new life for us. And we thank you for that life is in you. And so we are in you. We thank you, Father. We give honor and glory to you. We will never forget it. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that reminds us on a daily basis. And every day we wake up, we affirm. <laughs> we affirm it in our lives on a daily basis that Jesus died. He was buried and resurrected for us. And we were in him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want us to watch this video real quick, and then uh, Eric is going to come and take the offering. Good Friday. How can one describe such a day? the wrongdoing of all humanity, putting to an end an innocent man, the Son of God. This is the story of Jesus' death by way of a cross, all in one moment bringing death to the bright light of our future. He never stopped loving us, and yet this is the incredible part of it. Our sin stopped his heart. Our sin drove the nails firmly in the hands of God. All along, these were the plans. We told ourselves that we were in control, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. The brutal beating, the inhuman flogging, the naked humiliation. Heaven watched and saw it all. Our rebellion, our guilt, our shame, erasing the very notion of reconciling us with God, our sin and our debt, overcoming Jesus. Here is our king, obliterated. The enemy laughing, his plans unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of freedom rising. Now God's people are utterly broken. Behold the chains of mortality. Yes, this is what is true. We had heard the stories of old. The lost are found, the blind can see, the weak are made strong. But now, we are witnesses to this reality. God is dead. We'd almost believed there is a way of redemption. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a peace beyond understanding. Now we know better. For us, we can say that God is encapsulated in this one realization. The single greatest sacrifice in human history is finished. How clearly we can see it. So what's so good about Good Friday? Just one thing, that the blood of Jesus can reverse the curse of sin and raise the dead to life. How clearly we can see it is finished. The single greatest sacrifice in human history encapsulated in this one realization. We can say that God is for us. Now we know better. 
there is a peace beyond understanding. There is a life of fulfillment. There is a way of redemption. We had almost believed God is dead, but now we are witnesses to this reality. The weak are made strong. The blind can see. The lost are found. We had heard the stories of old. Yes, this is what is true. The chains of mortality utterly broken. Behold, freedom rising. Now God's people are unstoppable. There's no longer the sound of the enemy laughing. His plans obliterated. Here is our King, Jesus, overcoming our sin and our debt, reconciling us with God, erasing the very notion of our rebellion, our guilt, our shame. Heaven watched and saw it all, the naked humiliation, the inhuman flogging, the brutal beating, and this was deemed sufficient for all of us. We told ourselves that we were in control. All along, these were the plans firmly in the hands of God. Our sin drove the nails. Our sin stopped his heart. And yet, this is the incredible part of it. He never stopped loving us. The bright light of our future all in one moment, bringing death to death by way of a cross. This is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, an innocent man putting to an end the wrongdoing of all humanity. How can one describe such a day? Good Friday. The Lord. Amen. Very clever, isn't it? Yeah. Good Friday. That's what we're looking at uh, coming up in two days. And so uh, we keep our heart, you know, we, we look beyond the cross, obviously. We live on the other side of the cross. We live with the power of the resurrection alive on the inside of us, seated in heavenly places. But it starts there. <laughs> That's where our journey begins. And so we are grateful for the cross of Jesus. We're grateful for what was accomplished on that cross. Amen. And so uh, as we go through the rest of this week and we uh, just take the time to continue to reflect on the goodness of Jesus going to the cross for us and all that he endured and then come ready on Sunday to just celebrate the power of the resurrection that lives on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hello, everyone. If you need an offering envelope, please raise your hand. Yeah, Good Friday and Easter, it's one of those holidays where you really reflect. Like, I reflect on how obedient I am to God because Jesus wasn't forced to go to the cross. He was obedient to go to it. He didn't have to. And so a lot of times I'm like, how, how obedient have I been when it comes to God's word? And every time I ask myself that question, I always say I, I, need, I need to do more work. And that helps me grow. So one scripture I have for receiving the offering, and then it's, it's, it's going to go quick. But it's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and it says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 
when I say be thankful, a lot of times when we sow a seed and we pray, we're, we're always thanking God. So that's what I want to do right now. And if you have any seeds out there in the field or you're sowing one right now, you're praying for someone else's prosperity or your own, just out loud, but make it personal and thank God that whatever you're asking for is coming fast. Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the seeds that are sown in this church. I pray that you bless everyone in this church. You answer their prayers, Lord. We are givers in this church, and so that makes us receivers also. Well, thank you so much, Lord, for your love, your grace, grace, and your mercy over all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. I love thanking him and being grateful and praising him. Just changes the day. And then if you have faith, which we all do, the same amount, you know that stuff's coming to pass, and that just brings joy and peace. Amen? You want to pray? Let's bring that up here. <laughs> He's like, which one? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Did they give you? I don't think they gave you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. We thank you that we don't just give and throw our money away, but we are purposeful in our giving, intentional in our giving, and intentional in our receiving, and led by the Holy Spirit. And so we thank you for those who have been led to sow tonight, that it is a seed, and that it manifests a harvest in their life. In Jesus' name, I thank you, as he said, for all the seeds that have been sown. We call that harvest to come in. Harvest, you come to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. Yeah, you can give that to her. Let's, let's stand. We're going to close with this song and hook your heart up with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forever. Days forever. 
you, we adore you. Oh, we give you glory and honor and thanksgiving. Oh, we bless the name of Jesus. Oh, we bless the name of Jesus. Oh, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Oh, we look at you, Jesus. We behold you, Jesus, the author the founder of our faith, hallelujah, the completer of our faith, hallelujah. We look to you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, 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 Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give glory and honor and praise to you. Thank you for the opportunity to come together and to take the covenant meal together. We don't take it lightly. We don't take it for granted. But we know the work that it does in us as we put ourselves in remembrance and we confirm that. We affirm that. We make it real to us. We do it in obedience to you, Jesus, just as you instructed us to do. And we thank you that any time we do what you tell us to do, that there's blessing attached to it. And so we honor you today. We honor you and we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming this evening. Thank you for joining us online. Team, thank you for your help this evening. I really appreciate it. God bless you and we'll see you tomorrow for prayer at 930 or Sunday for Resurrection Sunday. Amen.